Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus. I am Dan Lundy, host of the show and founder of Fourth Down University. Before we meet our guest, I'd like to remind you of our partners at Bet Online, who are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source for the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or golf. Head to betonline.ag to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. Episode 83 of the podcast welcomes Grant McKinnis, former combo specialist at the University of Kentucky and the University of Missouri. McKinnis is the founder of Kicking Maximum Development, also known as Kicking MD on social media, which is a kicking and punting program offered in both Ohio and Kentucky. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. How you doing, man? Doing good. Glad we could uh, finally get this on the schedule and talk a little bit. Yeah, off rip, we were talking for like 15, 20 minutes in pre-recording. Might as well just have recorded that and just hit publish. But no, I, I appreciate you, man. Like I've known you since you were ironically in the same time we're in now. You know, I was going to bring that up too. Is right now, as as many know, because most of the listeners of the show are high school kids that want to do what you did, or parents that are helping that make that happen, and or college coaches who evaluate my specialist, your specialist, because they know that we're immersed in that market of producing the next specialists um but i met you in that place i met you in the summer of 2015 um you i think it was 15 you could correct me there but i'm pretty sure it was a long time ago and you uh you competed at several university camps that i was coaching at just to name a few uh saw you compete with ohio state i saw you compete with marshall Uh, i saw you compete with obviously kentucky that's where you ended up at first um you impressed me right away obviously you stood out uh, with your technique, you were you were very repeatable. And, and punters, you can see it right away. It's just minimizing the uh, outliers and minimizing the excessive movements. And I could tell you were a well-trained athlete. And what I liked even more was um, your humility. You know, you won these events. Most of them I was at. I'm pretty sure you won all of them. And if you didn't, you came up in second. But regardless, I think that you were probably the most coachable athlete at all three of these. And when when I'm looking back at this, we saw probably 500 kids at those three events you were at and you were amongst the the top one or two. Um, and it's, it speaks volumes as a coach when, when a kid can not only compete and, and kind of rely on his talent in that competitive environment, but also be the first in the classroom and the first to lunch. So, you know, I commend you for that. And I think that that's what people miss is uh, it's much more than talent. Um, so, in 21 years of coaching, you know, these are indicators I believe to be indicators of success, you know, in all athletes, not just specialists. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I think one thing I always try to do every time I stepped on the field is really just try to be the most coachable athlete on the field. Just trying to learn something new each and every time I step on the field. 
and I was fortunate enough to be on the field with unbelievable coaches and also unbelievable players. Like you said, there was always a bunch of talent on the field and just soaking everything in. Um, anything anybody ever said to me, whether it was a coach, whether it was another player, whether it was one of the college coaches, just soak it in, take a bits and pieces of what you like and use it to your advantage. That's one thing that I try to do with coaching players as well now is giving them little nitbits of what I think could help them and then having them apply it to themselves. So that's exactly what I try to do as a player as well. It's funny you say that because, I mean, that's applicable to anything in life is a good example is the classroom. You know, the high school kids, I think, are in class for seven and a half hours a day. And they've done studies on uh, how much active listening goes on per day for seven and a half hours. And it's alarming. You know, it's 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 a lot less than you think. I think it's like under seven and a half minutes where the, of learning that's going on. Because most of the time, not just kids, humans, we, we're so self-absorbed or you know, there, there's just so many distractions and I'm one of these people. So I, my purpose of my show is I always pick on myself because I am one of these people. I would say I actively listen. If that was the average, I was under it. I was probably five minutes a day, but I like the people that can kind of make it a purposeful effort to, to go into an environment and be ready to learn or open to learn. And I think some people um, are not very receptive to, to learning because they think they figured it out. And we talk about on the show often that um, that's when you become stagnant. I think that's when it stands still. I think that's when you start getting upset with yourself because you're not seeing growth. Um, We need others. And I think that we evolve and we grow and we flourish through disability. And I think you had it. Um, So I want to lead into my next question. At the end of this month, I would say nine of 10 kids are done with high school football in Florida. We finished a little later than some, but it'll be over soon. If not already, it's over for a lot of my athletes. We had training Sunday and 80% of my kids are done. And it's, it's not a good time. It's tough, right? But as someone who's gone through the recruiting process and played at the FBS level, what can you share with the audience that's helped you or helped you to achieve your goal, like of earning that scholarship? And you did it more than once. So what are things you believe to be overvalued when specialists are trying to grab the attention of coaches during this time? And what do you think are the things that made an impact of you getting the attention from these college coaches? Yeah, I think one thing is just having a plan going into it. Like you say, you have this goal of playing college football. What is, but what is your plan to get there? I think for me, it started when I was a freshman in high school, I wanted to play college football, but throughout those multiple years leading up to that, I had a plan of what I was going to do, what coaches I was going to try to talk to, what schools I had in mind, and then go with that. These coaches may be reaching out to you periodically, but what are you doing in between that to get their attention? Are you training? Are you putting in the work yourself? Um, And having that plan to get in front of them when it comes to those college camps, that's what I think is the most valuable part, is getting in in front of those college coaches and performing in front of them, hearing that foot on ball contact, watching it through the air and some of these different aspects, that's what they want to see. What may be overvalued, um, as we've talked about previously, is some of these big camps where there's thousands of kids and the star ranking system can be flawed at times. Um, yes, there is a spot forward in the world, I believe, when it comes to competition and seeing where you sit. But that is one thing I would say would be overvalued. I couldn't agree more. We talked and I've, I talked to a lot of people in the industry and I think that um, 
in order to go to these big camps, and as you mentioned, there are almost a thousand people at some of these big uh, two day, three day camps now. And I think that those are wonderful exposure events for the kids in the top tier. And what I mean by that is um, the five star, if you will. But I think the standards are significantly different between a kicking camp and like a rivals receiving or skill camp. Because if you can leave a rivals or receiving skill camp with a four star ranking, you are going to probably get 15, 20 offers from FBS schools almost immediately. For sure. Whereas if you whereas if you go and get a four star at some of the big players in the kicking camp industry, um, you're probably in the 200s. So I think we need to be a little more critical when evaluating specialists because I think college coaches are getting a little upset with the amount of added work they now have to put in because they can't differentiate 174 and a half stars. Um, I, I think it should be okay to be a three and a half stars as specialist because it gives you a goal as mentioned. It gives you a plan is what you said. And if I got back a three and a half star and I wanted to be a four and a half star because that was the standard in which I can go to college at a high level, now I have a goal. I have a purpose. I have an objective. And I think right now you're throwing kids into huge gray areas and especially college coaches evaluating them with a four and a half star. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure one of the companies in our industry now has six stars, which, ah, wow. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say on that, but um, anyway, we uh, we'll move on. You, you also mentioned a little more positive motivation, Great word. You mentioned this and you that you wanted to address it on the show. Um, I think many athletes are motivated in this recruiting process by the logos and the image it brings them, right? Kids recognize an Oregon brand, right? But sometimes it's okay to go to Northwestern, um, right? I mean, Very I would cool. kill for a degree from Northwestern, cool. right? I don't, I don't think a lot of kids even know that they exist or what they're about. And it's sad, right? So they're losing these opportunities to play and, and go and earn a degree from places that um, they'll be bosses one day. I'd like you to share your thoughts on the importance of motivation. Yeah. One thing I want to talk with motivation is just finding the reasons why we do what we do when we're internally motivated means to be means that we're moved to do something. And when we have that internal drive within us, that's going to push us that much further towards the direction that we want to go opposed to some of these extrinsic motivations, such as, like you said, the logos, the, your friends and all these different things. Do those really mean anything to you? Yes, they're good. I think external motivations, they're there for a reason. Yes. You want to do things for your family, but do you truly want it within yourself to go in that positive direction? Wow. Let, let's attack that real quick. I, I think it's very difficult for a 15, 16, 17 year old boy to not be extrinsically motivated because they're that they really care about the attention and what it brings. And they, it, I remember being a kid and just being like, I didn't even know what, what I wanted to do for a living, but I knew that I had to go to college because that was the norm. Right. That was the standard. All my friends were going. And then it became like, you know, like who went, who went where? And um, I don't think any of us really attacked like the, the Ivy leagues ever. Right. And why not? If that was the cool thing to do is go to college and why wouldn't you aspire to go to Ivy league, you know, the, the best academic programs. But um, I just think it's silly, you know, that we have expectations of the people, people who have like 10 more years to go and developing this frontal lobe and making 
decisions that are life altering and we want them to do that, you know, way before that. Yeah. Uh, but it is what it is. You know, the, the, the good thing is we're all in the same position, but I like what you said. I think that it comes from good parents. It comes from good coaches to, to, to ask tough questions. Like what is it that motivates you? Not, not the, the, the glitz and the glamor and the obvious things, but what is it that motivates you specifically? And I think we ask ourselves that very, very little, um, you know, I, I do, I, I know exactly where my motivation is every day. So it makes my life a little easier. Um, and I think that, uh, we should challenge others to do the same. Um, I want you, uh, to talk about another thing we talked about, it, you know, kind of leads into, to the planning, you know, like once we identify like a motivator or, or a couple, hopefully, um, like family, religion, there's several things we, that, that can motivate us. We, we must then plan. You know, we have to create some short and long-term plans. Can you can you share um, your thoughts on goal setting and, and how they relate to short and long-term planning? Yeah, for sure. I think goal setting is something that's a, definitely underrated. Um, I think having a plan and a process behind that plan is very important. And with that being said, like, yes, you're going to have that outcome goal, but I would challenge high school athletes to, yes, have that outcome goal, but have three process goals of how you're going to get to that, right? That's one thing I did um, in my career in the off season. I would have w- one or two outcome goals, but then I would have six process goals of how I'm going to get there. And so I would challenge some of the guys to do that and write those down and then put them on your mirror, put them somewhere up where you see them every single day. So you can cross that off. Did I get 1% better today? So that's one thing I would say about goal setting is uh, have that pro- those process goals and have that outcome goal. Yes, it may take you a year to get there, but you're going to see that progress throughout the way. I absolutely love what you just said. And I'm going to relate it to kicking. So I have kids who are very good, but they want to go to that next level. And they have deficiencies in the swing and they get knee separation that turns into a down swing and their foot turns a little funny, which gives an X rotation. All these things that they're aware of, like cause and effect. But they also realize that it's going to come through repetition and low stress environments because we can't throw fastballs all day, just like we can't kick all day. We're not designed as humans to do that. So there's these things called no steps and lean drills and these really, really uh, laborious, like boring, mundane drills. I would say those are the process things, right? If I want to be Cairo Santos or Grant McInnes or, or Max Duffy, I... I realize I'm not there yet or that wouldn't be my my end game. And there has to be a process in which I get to the end. And I don't think a lot of kids um, draw that map out well enough. And I love what you said. Make it definitive. Uh, question what is the things that that I, that, that I need in order to get to this, this end in mind. And um, I think there is a power in writing it down. Uh, I don't think texting it in your phone is effective as literally journaling it. You know, writing it on a whiteboard, writing it on your freaking. I used to love, we used to always have motivational speakers at Miami. And I swear all of them read the same book. They always said, put it in front of you when you brush your teeth every morning. Because it really is. Yeah, the, that's kind of where I got put it on the mirror. <laughs> right? No, it is. And I mean, there must be something to that because a lot of powerful people that, that, that influence powerful people uh, say the same thing. It's like, start your day with it in your face. You know, so I think you're getting it both from writing it down because you hopefully wrote the note down, but then you're slapping it 
uh, there for later. So the next morning you wake up and it's there to start your day. There is power in that because I think subconsciously our mind will go back to that. And I think the more frequently you think about it, it becomes a part of your process, which what you said. Thank you so much for that. Kids need to hear that. I don't think you realize. I know you know that, but I think it's it's alarming at the people who A, never made it or B, haven't been there yet. They've never heard that, right? So this is this is good stuff. I really appreciate what you just said. I'm going to finish with an easy one. I want you to talk a little bit more about kicking MD. So I I thought it was like a doctor theme, but I had no idea what the acronym meant. So it was, I, I was fascinating for me to read up on you a little bit and what this is about. But I want you to talk about, you know, from inception of, of starting, you know, your own thing um, to future plans for the program. Yeah. So fun fact with the kicking MD, uh, it was originally supposed to be kicking and McKinnis Duffy. Uh, so we had to then Max went to play in the USFL. So I decided to kind of launch it on my own, kind of adapted came up with kicking maximum development actually really enjoyed it. i really liked the name so when i max came back along after he stopped playing i was like so we keep the name he's like yeah i like it so we stuck with kicking maximum development uh but yeah it really just started out with the conversation with max uh with him doing punting and he's won the ray guy award so an unbelievable partner to have for sure with his experience and uh level of playing it was unbelievable to be a part of it with him and yeah we're excited uh we just wanted to start something in the state of kentucky we didn't really see anything else in the area so we started it there and then i also have it up in my hometown in finley ohio so we go up i go up there periodically some of the guys just kind of know when i'm coming up that way so we do it like that but yeah we're super excited to keep growing and reach different parts of the state kids are starting to travel a little bit to come see us so we're excited about that and uh looking forward to see where it goes we will love to do some more camps uh more training camps i should say we did our first one i believe this past june we did it in lexington had a great turnout just a day of training watching film and getting better all together um so that's kind of what we're all about is just training full operation stuff like that focus on catch to kick and a bunch of aspects that we find to be important when it comes to specialists and uh, playing at the next level. So um, we're super excited to where it could go. It's how we grow, you know, and there it's weird how there are avoided States. Like there, there's a surplus of coaches here where I live in Florida and Georgia and Alabama, but it's weird like that. There, there's, I mean, Tennessee, you, you'd be surprised. Um, there's only a few uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, there's one or two. Uh, so I, I think if within a decade, you're probably going to see, um, you know, every state that has their, their staple, but I, I love your staff. You know, I've never met Max personally, but I followed his career. Um, obviously followed yours. I was very proud of you that like where you finished and, you know, you, you got your masters out of it. So it, that's a beautiful thing that I think more than anything, is I realized that like how many kids I've helped, go find what it is they do in life. Right? I got a good example of my Eastern Kentucky kid from Daytona beach. You know, he is now a doctor, you know, he's, he's doing his thing. He's in residency and that's powerful. And I train his little brother right now. His little brother's a senior and it's just neat. Awesome. He's a pilot, you know, and he wants to go that route. He wants to be a commercial pilot, but he got his license at 15. So it's so much bigger than football as you know, but 
it's it's cool that we're we're creating a family you know that there, there's a village if you will because i can't train kids in kentucky i mean i can see them in spring break and maybe they come down here for for disney trip but my purpose in fourth down focus and and fourth down you especially is i, I really don't want to be affili- affiliated with anybody except for everybody who's in it for the kids who's in it to put the right kids in right places because i want to build this brand for real i'm not like just hashtag for the brand just to say it this is something that um i feed my family with you know so i want to make sure that when i sign my name on anything i've given it my all i'm not saying anything has ever been flawless but i will promise people that um if it's not as as good as i thought it would be i'm gonna make it better next time and i think that every year it's it's my job it's your job um to build these bridges because for a long time it's been monopolized and i think that um finally there's enough people like you who have been well trained that can now turn around and be professionals with it that can that can give back and coach and i am a proponent for that i think that next wave is going to be incredible because you guys were exposed to so many like you said you were around a number of people that you confided in that you learned from that that were there were excellent coaches i had none you know, I was a good kicker, good punter out of Florida in, in 1999, and I had to go to like, I don't want to name names, but I had to go to some camps that really didn't learn much. It was really, we all kind of felt like pirates. We were doing our own technique, and hopefully it was good enough, but now I I think that we've we've worked hard, um, and, and now we've got like a third and fourth generation of people like you uh, who are going to take it to, to somewhere else, you know. And I, and I appreciate that. So this was a long way of saying thank you. Uh, I want you to to end this. Um, kind of share like, I don't know, give me like two or three ways, especially your website that people can reach you just to make certain that they can contact you if they're ever up that way. Yeah, so I'll give you guys both my personal Instagram and Twitter. They're both pretty simple. They're both just at G McKinnis. So that's G-M-C-K-I-N-N-I-S-S. That's both Twitter and Instagram. And then I'll also respond via my kicking MD account, both the same, just kicking underscore MD. So um, I'd say I'm pretty decent with responding to DMs and stuff like that. I don't get blown up too much. So if you guys ever want to give me a shout, ask me any questions, feel free. It was um it was a pleasure, man, to have you on. You know, it really means a lot. And I'm sure we'll be seeing each other in 2023. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that, but... Thanks again, man. And please uh, just give us a five star, if you will, a review, subscribe to the show, share with a friend. If you have questions, suggestions for future topics or guests, or if you just have feedback, you can reach me in a few ways. My website is fourthdownu.com. On social media, you can find me at fourthdownu. Thank you again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest, and I hope. Uh, the fall, which is now, I guess, becoming the winter. I guess you experienced that. I really don't get much winter. It's pretty much summer here. Uh, but I, I hope it's treating you well wherever you are. And in all things, good thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E. AV on YouTube.